Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome back to our watch club for Star Wars Ahsoka. I didn't expect to see you so soon. Welcome back to Watch Club. My name is Nate, and this is our Watch Club for Star Wars Ahsoka Part 4, titled Fallen Jedi, directed by Peter Ramsey. If you're joining us for the first time, this is Watch Club, our weekly review series, kind of like a book club, but way better. Keep in mind, we will be going into full spoilers for this series and Star Wars in general. So if you haven't watched this week's episode yet, (laughs) what are you doing? Be sure to do so and then come right back in less than 12 parsecs. Now, before we all get sliced in half and explode, let me introduce you to my Rebel crew joining me today. And if you're familiar with our Bad Batch watch clubs, you'll recognize these batches. First up, he is no Jedi. He's Justin the Loth Cat Lawrence. I am excited. I am excited. This episode had you pur- you're purring, you're purring away. I'm purring, purring away. Purr, purr. I am ready it. to talk. <laughs> About this episode, I have stayed quiet, so yes. Yeah, we haven't even talked about it yet. It's, no. it, nor, that's, that's not you. normal for I've us. avoided you, yeah. Thank uh, you. Like, Appreciate like the plague, so. Yeah, just for that reason, though, right? Not because, okay. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> docking down, declaring droid in dank pendencies, Darcy, the dank Dathomirian Hudson. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. How's it going? <laughs> you doing good? Yeah. You, you yeah. recovered after this insane... Episode four, insane part four. Yeah, I mean, I I thought it was good. I'm not big things happen. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Big things. We'll get into it. Yeah. Big things happen. Bigger than Purgles, it seems. Uh, but also making a surprise appearance out of the forest mist. She's both master and apprentice. She's Megan, the mindful midichlorian counting Clara. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> good, good. Missed you on the Watch Club so far for a, a show that, like, I mean, out of every what you're wearing, you've got a soak on your shirt. You know, I'd I imagine. Mean, I th- I feel like I had the hype for this leading up to it, and mm-hmm. it it started a little flat for me. If you yeah. watched our spoiler free review, I wasn't as stoked about the first two episodes, but we have come back having the hype and i'm very excited (laughs) we're there we're there uh all right well now listen um recently and normally i you know i I would start these watch clubs off with like a question related to the episode a kind of silly question uh but this episode was just so good i want to get just you know straight to it uh so i'll skip the question of the week but with that said i do want to quickly pause to remind you listening that we here at geek centric support the wga and sag aftra as they strike to get the contract they deserve Uh, without incredible writers and actors we would get all the wonderful stories like the ones from a galaxy far far away that we love so much Uh, so if you want to support the actors and writers of the things we love you can do so by checking out the links in our description Uh, I was talking to Justin today about how like just phenomenal everyone's response has been to this episode and how they're all praising the the, you know Dave Filoni the the um, the mortis god that is Dave Filoni Uh, and Justin reminded me you know he's not only a director he is also very much uh, a writer. So definitely we need to support these people, get them what they're owed. But let's get into part four titled Fallen Jedi. We start off this week 
right where we left off as uh, Hu Yang, Sabine, and Ahsoka are attempting to reach communication with Home One and Hera while also trying to repair their down ship on the planet's surface of Cetos. Sabine finds Ahsoka outside, and Ahsoka tells her they face a difficult choice, that if they can't make the journey to find Ezra, then no one should. Sabine doubts that it'll ever come to that, and Ahsoka asks her if she can count on her. Sabine says she knows she can, and Hu Yang asks if everything's all right. He begins to work on the ship while a dark presence stalks them in the distance. Shin and Marok uh, inform Morgan and Balin of Sabine and Ahsoka's uh, location, uh, and Balin tells them to move in, and Morgan asks Balin if she senses fear in his voice, and he responds by saying, Experience. Alrighty, so let's start off here, and I want to discuss this conversation between Sabine and Ahsoka. Uh, Megan, do you really think that Ahsoka would let Ezra, you know, sort of stay stranded? And, and what did you think of the uh, the line drop heir to the Empire? Well, to be totally honest, I mean, we watched this episode together, Nate, and you yeah. full out said Dumbledore because. <laughs> The yes. way Ahsoka talks to Sabine is very much in these like wise old riddles that make sense but are like weird and convoluted <laughs> and like her saying, you know, Ezra being the one person that maybe we lose in order to save the many mm -hmm. is very similar to the way Dumbledore raised Harry for slaughter, quote unquote, because, you know, you're you're putting the greater good, you're putting the larger universe ahead of one specific person because she is experienced, she is right. wise, where Sabine only cares about her family and her friend. Mm -hmm. So I I totally think that that conversation was really reminiscent of their relationship. I've started re-watching Rebels again because I felt like I needed to understand the Ahsoka from Rebels, not the Ahsoka from Clone Wars, which is my favorite show. Um, and I'm getting it now. I'm feeling that uh, that experience, that sort of stoic epicness that she is. She's adult. She's grown. And uh, Rosaria Dawson is doing such a phenomenal job in this show as we all, I think, feel the same way. Um, heir to the Empire, though, I mean, yes, but also bigger than the Empire, I feel. Or we're talking about Thrawn with that line, right? Totally, yeah. totally. And yeah. I mean, Darcy, you're more of the the background on Thrawn, I think, for for our group at least. Um, is this this is referencing the the Timothy Zahn novel, right? Yes, the the first the first book that Thrawn appeared in back in the Legends when they were just extended universe and actually canon. Uh, he was the big baddie that was the episode seven to the story of Star Wars, and it led on to a, an amazing trilogy with. Thrawn being the the greatest villain to come from Star Wars, and I don't know. I just th that line felt very heavy handed. Like I said, some of these one on one <laughs> interactions between Ahsoka and other members, anyone else, <laughs> anyone else, it feels so. She is too wise and wizardy, and I don't know. I'm not digging it. Honestly, no, the more she's okay. acting like this, I'm just like this is getting this is getting a bit old. Last time we thought she was getting better when she started working with Sabine, and then she goes back to this answering questions with other questions or riddles and it's like fuck this <laughs> bullshit just yeah why are, just just tell her the truth what are you thinking you clearly you're not just thinking of other questions you have some answers share them that's mm. all i'm getting at so yeah i'm again more and more of these ahsoka one-on-ones are making me like damn it this is 
really irking me. I feel like she is missing the point of what this show is trying to, to explain about how it's working together. You're, you're stronger and she keeps putting up walls. I don't mm. get it. Mm. But that, I, I think that she still has things to overcome herself. That's what's yeah. clear. About but that this. she can't it's, be angry at Sabine for not overcoming those things. Like it's so <laughs> hypocritical. I'm sorry. But, I hate but it. She, but she, but like, she's looking at a Padawan and judging them. Who's judging her? Her master. Right. She left her master. Her master is no more. Right. The because last... she didn't agree with the whole master Padawan thing either. That's another right. But thing. I, I, she I left think the that, Jedi Order. So no, but I, I think that to... there's. I think that we're seeing a flawed Ahsoka. We're not seeing a complete yeah. Ahsoka. And I yeah. think yeah. that that's that's the that's the importance in this episode specifically, as we as we discuss. I think the character journey for both is is sort of paralleled. Her kind of talking this way and being direct and being blunt is very much a byproduct of. You know, obviously her becoming more of a Jedi and, and falling into Jediisms, but I think it also has a lot to do with how weathered she is from 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 all these years of being alone. And to your point, Meg, she's willing to sacrifice Ezra and and sacrifice that personal attachment, which Sabine obviously can't. So it, it immediately sets up the stakes as where. Ahsoka is standing on the situation where Sabine is standing. So it was great. It was good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really do think at this point in her life, I really, as much as she cares about Sabine and as much as she knows Sabine cares about Ezra and finding Ezra, I do really think, yeah, she she totally, you know, to prevent another another war. Um, and I also wonder if she has some some kind of um, notion or or belief somewhere in the deep recesses of her mind that that this isn't the only way uh, to find Ezra, right? You know, she she knows of the world between worlds. She's she was there with Ezra in the past. So you know, she's been studying. We talked about the fact that she already knew, uh, you know, about the she she knew about the 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 the, the world between worlds and the the pathway to Peridia when she I think was in the hospital and she sort of leaned in like she already knew what Sabine was talking about. Um, and I just feel like you know, ev stopping evil is her first priority. Um, and then everything else kind of comes second to that. I also think that it might be a little bit extra frustrating for Ahsoka, kind of what you're talking about, Justin, where she she's recognizing that, you know, this is kind of tapping on the, the Jedi ad ideal of not having attachments, hmm. right? And so this is her kind of saying, you know, she's very much... I don't believe in what the Jedi believed, but then sort of having to succumb to the idea that, well, in this instance, I kind of have to, I kind of have to go along with the idea that Sabine shouldn't have attachments. And whether that's whether or not like she fully believes that or that's right or wrong uh, is another thing. But I just think that that's kind of where her mind is in this moment. Um, and I do love the bookmarking moments with the dialogue, or I guess it's more foreshadowing. But just can I count on you? Uh, and I mean, obviously not. Yeah. <laughs> it's another thing too. Yeah. Oh. Oh, we'll talk about it, Darcy. Oh, we'll get there. We'll get there. You can. You can. You can. We were all screaming here watching it as well. Uh, yeah. But back on the ship, Ahsoka reminds Sabine that sometimes we have to do what is right, regardless of our personal feelings. Which is where I said uh, Dumbledore. <laughs> Dumbledore. Uh, outside the ship, Hu Yang senses danger and is attacked by an HK assassin droid. He purposefully knocks out the motivator that he had just repaired to warn Sabine and Ahsoka, and they rush into combat. After Ahsoka asks Hu Yang, uh, sorry, after Ahsoka asks Hu Yang to prior prioritize tr the transmitter above everything else so he can contact General Sindula. And he agrees, asking one thing in return that Sabine and her stay together. The music swells as they rush off into the forest. Uh, 
So, Justin, let's talk about this attack here. What an incredible mm. sequence. What did you think of this moment, finally Oof. seeing all three of these characters fighting together uh, for the first time in this show? Well, Hu Yang definitely held his own. Oh, and rock him, sock him robots, dude? Yeah, and he delivered <laughs> at least. Like, he wasn't, he, he was definitely overtaken, but he, he stood his ground, yeah. and that's great. Uh, he didn't, like, just fall into being a, a protocol droid. Uh, the choreography <laughs> Within oh. uh, the fight between uh, Ahsoka Sabine and the the MK or the HK assassin droids uh, was was perfect. It's the first of many well choreographed, well thought out uh, action set pieces that we will see throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. And the first one was amazing, incredible. Like when when she grapples that uh, HK and then pulls and pull then. Ahsoka just like oh, that's awesome. That awesome. Was some humanoid alien, by the way. Yeah. There was HK assassin droids and regular yes, guards. Yes, those were guards. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. But still, yes. I yes. mean, I know. But not say there are lives lost, not just electric ones. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But um, you know, coming to the end of this scene with with Huyang again, we were talking about it in the in the other episodes. But there's such a wisdom, and and I just love this continuity with Star Wars that the droids are the wisest when it yep. comes to human interactions, and they're delivering like such honesty and sincerity with with heart. Uh, and and I loved that Huyang was the one to say, "Stay together. You always do better together." I just loved it. It was it put a huge smile on my face and oh, yeah. it warmed my heart. It was great. Well, the Rock'em Sock'em robots fight with four <laughs> arms. You know, he's breaking out all four arms. But then, Justin, like you're saying, like droids always being a, sort of a constant and a consistent sort of character, even even whether they're an R2, an R5, a, a, you know, whether it's But they're always giving the wisdom and the guidance to totally. the humans, yeah. right? But like also, also the learned. fact that they that this is also, uh, he, he knocked out the motivator, right? Which is a lovely, subtle callback to the way that another droid, R5... Right with a bad motivator, you, you know they he used that to ensure that R two was able to get the message to Luke. Like it's just again, it's such a little these little tiny little ways that they're writing this in. I thought was so so fantastic. And yeah, Hu Yang, shout out to Hu Yang. Hu Yang made me sad when he was like, "Help, help!" Oh help. no, I know. <laughs> like it broke my heart. Yeah. Um, but then also, I think for me, one of the the many epic moments of this episode was when Sabine said, um, oh, that daft droid made it worse. And Ahsoka said, he wouldn't. Like the two lights, I like full chills. It was so cool. We both, we we actually rewound it and then press play again (laughs) to watch that moment. And dude, I was getting, um, what's it? Henry Cavill cocking his arms in Mission Impossible (laughs) Fallout. Like that's what she, that's what Ahsoka was giving in that moment. She cocked her, uh, her her lightsabers. And the sound, the sound of her lightsabers is so powerful and like, the rhythm Incredible. is oh yeah, the my rhythm God. is like deep and it rumbles, Ooh. right? Like it's, and it it's wasn't cool. just both at once. She like did one and then the other, which was like, oh wow. Perfect. Powerful. Yeah. yeah. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, and then I just want to quickly shout out the the no look head stab behind the back into <laughs> the force lifting of the other guard, into the fire of another one. And then the team up, like you said, Justin, where where Sabine uses her vambrace to just pull that guy into Ahsoka's sabers. Like, yeah, dude, the choreography, whoever, like, wh- who is this choreographer that's making these phenomenal battles? Because, like, it to me, it's, it's just, it's, it's so cool because we're seeing, 
not just a creative way of them, you know, maybe using the force or tapping into the light and the dark side. Like I think honestly lifting a, a person into the, you know, fire of another person is kind of dark side. Um, but, it, you know, going beyond that, we're just we're also seeing the the creative ways that they are choreographing a fight with a, a force user and a Mandalorian. And I think that's just so stellar. It's so cool. Yeah. Well, like, I, I definitely think that this has a lot to do with Peter Ramsey, his collaboration with Dave Filoni and what he's written, yep. and the entire the entire team behind this this series, because there is such a thoughtfulness to the way things are choreographed that make it more stylish and nuanced in, in different sort of subgenre stuff. And I totally agree with you. Like, this moment is kind of one of the first that we see Ahsoka kind of give into the dark side a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and it's in, th this is what's interesting. So, I mean, it's not that dark side. We saw them do it with clankers all the time in clone wars. It's, yeah, but these a, are but like Jedi battle tactics. These are like real people. Said, re lives, lives, yes, lives, were lost, lives were lost. But <laughs> if they're fighting, if you're fighting stormtroopers, I think you do the same sure. thing. Like it's maybe evil yeah, but is evil. Are bad. <laughs> So are these people working with dark side people? Like, come on, Nate. No, you're right. You're right. You're and defending honestly, evil people. Listen, and this is the thing, too, is where, like, I, I remember watching uh, Rogue One. And I remember in our review for Rogue One, I kind of was really taken aback by the moment that uh, Baze Malbus, I think, just, just point blank shoots uh, you know, a stormtrooper in the head as it's on the as he's on the ground or they're on the ground, and it was like, oh gosh, there is there's darkness on both sides of this this conflict. But I think what's cool about this series and the two like the bad and good of the series is Ahsoka is a quote unquote gray Jedi, yeah. so she's not really a Jedi anymore. Yes, she leans toward the light side, but still has some dark in her because she's not a part of the order anymore. And then we have Balin and Shin, who are, yes, on the darker side of things, but have orange lightsabers. Mm -hmm. And um, he's not afraid. He's experienced. And there's, you know, all those kinds of things between the two. The comparison of nobody is... <laughs> I'm going to pull Harry Potter into it again. <laughs> nobody <laughs> is all light or all dark. Everyone has a little bit of both in them, right? And For I sure. think this show's showing off a lot of that which i yes. think is cool yes mm -hmm. yeah and and oh man his line delivery is so oh he's so good he has such a way with words like some of his lines are just one word and the way he says it like in this scene when he says uh experience you know it it, it entices you to think he's lost he's lost something he's aware uh, it, it's it's just crazy. His Ray Stevens's performance is outstanding. It's it's so nuanced in something that feels real. It resonates with you, and you're like, "What happened to you? <laughs> I want to know about your past. Why are you so Please. lost? Yes. What what happened to you?" Oh so I loved that in this episode, they they gave him these moments to kind of unravel a little bit, right? Because there's more. Yeah, and that's I think the struggle with Darcy. You're saying this these conversations with Ahsoka feel like too epic. They're uh, what I was saying before. They're sort of trying to one up each yes, other with yes. being so epic. Whereas Ray Stevenson's performances, like 
No, he just does he it. He just does it. It's it. perfect. I don't care about that at all. He is incredible. No. He's one of the best parts of the show. When Ahsoka's trying to be all wizardy, though, it's like, this feels like it's forced. Ray Stevenson is just doing it naturally. You guys say, like, she's Dumbledore. I was thinking Gandalf. <laughs> well, that's the thing, well, too. Well, right? same, Filoni, same, Yeah, but Filoni, same, same, for sure. <laughs> sure. Filoni is such a huge fan. And, yeah, like, with the we talked about before when she was in the white robe in Rebels, right? Yeah. Gandalf yeah. the white. And, and now the they're staff, kind of, too. right? Yeah. 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 And I think that Ahsoka's epicness maybe wouldn't feel so much if the other people she was interacting with weren't also trying to do the yes. same thing. There you like go. when she talks to Sabine and Sabine tries to also have these one lines or there's one specific moment in the second episode where she's with Hera and Hera's trying to be like that too. It's just like, well, it, this is not who those characters are. Yeah, it needs to yeah. be contrast. Sure, as sure. Many, so. no, right, I, and I, I think I think that's where in episode three we did see that sort of let up a little bit. Uh, and sure. I, I think I think it's it's very much like we're looking at a Sabine that in in this part of her life is she's trying to do right by Ahsoka. She's trying to, and I'm wondering if there's a bit of lost in in translation in terms of the a bit of the performance, a bit of the 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 writing there, but or the history um, between the two of them. Right. And maybe we don't have enough of that. We don't. Well, you know, we get a bit later, but she's broken. She's yeah. very broken. Oh, yeah. And this episode very much un- unravels that. And oh, we'll uh, get into we're gonna get into yeah. the broken. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep going here. On home one, Hera Chopper and Jason leave without authorization, uh, which causes Jason to yeah. ask his mom uh why he has to do what he's told and she doesn't. It's such a little kid moment. Uh she reminds him that when he's a general, he can disobey orders too. Uh they fly off in the ghost, joined by Carson Woo. Tiva and a squadron of X Wings. Carson reminds her how risky this mission is, uh, as uh, as she says, "Once a rebel, always a rebel." And he responds with, "On your signal, Phoenix leader." And they make the jump to light speed. Oh, Darcy, yeah. what did you think of seeing Jason? You know, your favorite character. You were so upset that he wasn't <laughs> in the first two episodes, and now he's becoming a main character in this series. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm back on the team, bad mom. I'm sorry. <laughs> Carson Tava explains how risky it yeah, is. Like, they leave on, the safety son. of the entire Rebel fleet, and they're like, you know, what? no, I'm going to take my son to one of the most dangerous places I could think yeah. of at this time. Yeah. No questions asked. I don't get it. I don't know either. I don't get it. It's funny because we were saying we were saying like she's she's such like like she's like oh we really don't want him to we thought she doesn't want him to become a Jedi because it's so dangerous like this is just as dangerous. It's even more dangerous. Like it's they've confirmed how dangerous this is. So it boggles my mind. That being said, I do like Jason. He is he's a charming little (laughs) kid. I want to know more. I want to I spend time with him. So plus him and Chopper seem like they'd be a good little buddy cop adventure type thing. Uh, So I want that bottleneck episode. Chopper and Jason. There we go. And they're lost. That'd be great. Um, I. I it was hard for me to not get a little teary eyed watching this and like just to oh, see you and the, your dadness, Justin. It's just... Well, not not about Jason, but like oh, okay. I'm interested in seeing. I just mean the idea of Carson seeing, Tiva. You, know... you saw Paul Sun Young Lee, and you were like, yeah, <laughs> no, to see <laughs> to see her get in the ghost and like you know be called yeah, Phoenix Leader. Yes, it's all live action. It's this moment. You know, they're getting ready to do a rebel style adventure because you know she says once a rebel, always a rebel. Huge. Fuck yeah, like yeah. that's great. And then they they're going on like a a mission against the orders of of everyone else it calls into the idea that the new republic they're getting cocky they feel like they have control over the situation and you have people like Hera that are still gonna poke at what's what's still out there to make sure that nothing comes back like ahsoka and the the rest of the team so this was a cool moment for like i think rebels fan and not to get like i'm literally almost done rebels and it's just great to see it and to see that 
you know, they're going on an adventure and who knows what's going to happen next. Yeah. And I, I kind of like I love that. I love that that, you know, he he mentioned, Car- you know, Carson Tiva, by the way, Paul Sunhung Lee, like Woo. phenomenal. He's such <laughs> yeah. a huge Star Wars fan. It's so delightful to see a fellow Canadian you know, fans show up in these stories. And the fact that he calls Hera, like you said, Justin, Phoenix leader was awesome because I think it's it's the fact that she's still using that call sign, given how much traumatic weight is, you know, comes along with that name, I think just says so much about Hera uh, and and her leadership and, and where she's at in her life at this point. Um, but yeah, I really, I didn't expect Jason to become a main character. I thought he was going to like walk up the stairs and then we'd never see him again. <laughs> and then that was it. Um, but the fact that he's going to be on these adventures, I think is really cool. I think it means that, you know, I can only assume that, that this is a, a plant to get his character to be someone bigger uh, in the future of Star Wars, or at least Dave Filoni's uh, future of Star Wars stories coming up. Um, but yeah, man, so cool. And then seeing Carson Tiva, like this this made me feel like, well, listen, who who did we see along with Carson Tiva the last time? And Zeb, right? Zeb's got to show up. Imagine we get Hera, Sabine, Chopper, Zeb, Ezra, and then instead of Kanan, Jason in a in a in the ghost in live action like uh, my heart. I mean we're, I'll we're be... on our way there like it's like it's it's, yeah. it's just again every little step is is getting us so there stoked. but it's mm-hmm. it's it's great to see that it's not a rush to get us there it's it's True. a build up yeah. it's yeah. slow amounts so it's like the what they're showing each time just puts a smile on my face the day like the episode when zeb comes to save them because he hears that they're off on uh, on this planet or they're stuck that's going to be a huge smile on everyone's face like that's a great reveal yeah. for for it rather than just having to like okay let's go catch up with zeb he just shows up just yeah. like jason yeah. so it's it's going to happen we're going to see <gasps> this moment and it's just a matter of when but yeah the slow build to it it's really paying off i mean i feel like we're going to yeah. hear zeb before before we see him, just something like "Sorry, I'm oh, late," sure. or, or something yeah, like true. that. Sorry, I'm like, ship yeah. comes in <laughs> yeah. above. Or what's oh. the now. what's the like Star Wars curse that he always says? Oh, dank Eric, I'm late. <laughs> no, isn't it? Car- isn't it like Carabash? Uh, oh, Carabash. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, more him. Carabash. You're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's keep let's dank Ferric. Now we're late. Uh, <laughs> on Citas, on Morgan asks Balin to have faith. Uh, and he says, that's something I've not had in a long, or whatever he said, it was, he said it better, uh, as he warns her <laughs> that if uh, if their calculations are off, even by a little bit, they would be lost to the void. That sounds terrifying. Uh, she activates the map once more as it pulsates, and the countdown begins. Ahsoka and Sabine run through the forest towards uh, where uh, Balin and Morgan are located, but they're stopped by Shin and Merak. Uh, they face off in a double rematch battle that splits them apart. During the battle, Ahsoka manages to slice clean through Merrick, causing their body to explode into a green mist. Sabine tells Ahsoka to go get the map, saying, I've got this. Okay, let's. I know this is kind of like one big, sort of overarching fight sequence back to back here, but I love the fact that us geeks here and across the internet had so many <laughs> theories on who Maroc was or Merrick. And it's, it's not Ezra. It's not Starkiller. It's not time-jumped Jason. It's not Maul. It's not Barris Afi. It was just Merrick, and they exploded. What's going on here, Darcy? Does this mean, you know, what, is, what does this mean? And then, and then 
Uh, I also want to make sure we all talk about the incredible rematch between Ahsoka and Merrick and Sabine and Shin. I mean, I'm kind of angry that we no one in the Star Wars universe really thought to go this far, especially after the reveal that um, Morgan is a night sister. Yeah. And this person looks like an Inquisitor. How come we weren't like, oh, she just raised a dead Inquisitor to use as a bodyguard? Like, how come no one <laughs> can I say? Can I say of really quickly, Darcy? I I'm gonna give myself a half point because I did say zombie Barris Offy, so I'm you did say zombie. Right. I zombie. You're half right. There was someone undead. Come on, but like, no, I know. I'm also glad that it was a no one. That was one thing I did yeah. say. I'm like, this is yeah. someone who just just for a cool moment for Ahsoka to kill and move on, and that's what happened. So that was that was neat. But yeah, the fact that there's a Night Sister magic, I just it, I'm mad at myself. Oh. Oh. Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm like uh, the the one thing about it is that it's fun when you can speculate, but then it's also really funny when they do something like this. And it's like, oh yeah, he's he's probably m- not meant to be anyone other than the fact that this does bring in you know the dark magic quality, yeah. you know the Night Sisters magic, mm-hmm. and if they had resurrected an uh, a a Inquisitor to be a bodyguard, what else or who else mm-hmm. could they resurrect? Mm. And I think that's more the interesting thing with with seeing it is that you know again so many people thought who is this character and some of them are silly like Ezra no way Darth Maul why would Filoni write <laughs> Darth Maul back into it and ruin moment. the a phenomenal yeah, moment yeah and this Inquisitor looks familiar to an Inquisitor that they we saw in uh, Rebels season two like towards the finale in the final battle with with Ahsoka Maul and the Inquisitors mm-hmm. so yeah. it's very likely that they could have gone back to Malachor and found a body of one of the Inquisitors, because we know Malachor is important. It's the, the the Sith temples there. You know that's where Ahsoka technically dies. You know it, it just has weight and importance. So maybe the Night Sister went there to find something in relation to this star map, and that's where they found this this Inquisitor body was where that final showdown Whoa. happened. So interesting. I, I don't know. Like there's a fair amount of evidence that would be able to support this, but it seems weird though. Was was Balin training them? I guess not. I guess Balin wasn't. You're right. There is a bit of a there's a bit of a weird thing here. If it is Morgan Elsbeth's magic in particular, which I mean, it absolutely is. Right. The green. Doesn't seem like a big fan of magic. Well, no. It's you know what it is to me is like when Morgan in a previous episode said like, you know, is he going to? I don't know. She said something doubting Merrick's capabilities, and Balin had to be the one to sort of say he'll get the job done. Right. So like, for me, I'm like, well, if you're Morgan, if you're the one that raised this person back from the dead, I feel like you'd have a deeper connection. But maybe she just she raised him, said Balin, train him, or or what have you, train this little (laughs) yeah, train this dead puppy. But I do want to just quickly mention like just okay, the slice through him phenomenal like he's revving up that lightsaber and then this yeah oh but dude like the fact that it's it's very much obi-wan with maul in in rebels right that that death yeah and and then yeah the explosion and the screams absolutely night sister magic um i was thinking maybe not so much a dead inquisitor maybe a dead knight brother because we do see when savage uh savage oppress died he turned into a green mist so I'm thinking that's got to be maybe, and you but know that's they've when already he died, right? But they but raised him back up, and then he, I think he died again, didn't he? Something yeah, like but that. the green yeah. mist is just night sister stuff, yeah. though. So that would be anybody mm-hmm. that's raised by them. Yeah, I think I think it's it's more in the, in that vein because it doesn't really matter at this point. No, I think no, what I'm matters just, is the I'm magic. Just saying it could have been either one. Yeah, yeah it's for sure. <laughs> but it's just it's the idea though that I think this magic is is very relevant. 
um, you know, f- f- given the fact that we've gone through so much of Star Wars and only really seen it in animated, it's it's great that it's kind of making a comeback. It's awesome uh, mm-hmm. in this in this live action form and having a place. So I feel like the more interesting part about his death is is the fact that he was resurrected with some sort of magic. And it also, I mean, like if we're worried about Balin's association to this dead zombie risen by the Night Sister, <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe she said, "Go like find me something." And he knew of this battle okay. that happened between Ahsoka and Maul and whatever. Um, and maybe he knew because he was a Jedi once and as we're all Inquisitors, right? So I feel like maybe he knew who to search for that mm-hmm. would be a good asset to a good host body. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Oh, I dig that. Yeah. I, dig that I think lot. I also think Malachor is super important. Like For I think sure. it's super important in 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 this whole story of of the the temples and 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 where they exist, right? Because the Lothal Temple is is extremely important, right? To to the story of of world between worlds. So I think these you know th- there's a significance that will maybe come back with Malachor, and especially given the fact that that's technically where Ahsoka died. Well, it's all yep. connected. Uh, and I just before we move on though, Shin. And Merrick standing there, and Shin takes off her robe. Is like just like the, the is so dope. It's so cool. Um, you know, I think when she's against Sabine, the lighting in this episode was incredible. The green and the mm-hmm. orange sabers clashing was so bright. And that you know, we were watching it in pitch darkness. It was amazing. Uh, yeah. And I think this entire sequence was. It was such an on the edge of your seat experience as she was chasing Sabine. And there's that move that, that the saber comes at Sabine and she, she like falls back on purpose like to, to dodge it. And I think, you know, as much as I wish uh, this, this thing was happening in Canada, they are going to be putting the next episode in theaters in the United States and the UK, uh, which I'm like, oh, give Canada some love. But I remember after after watching this episode, I turned to Megan and I was like, how phenomenal would this have been if we could have watched this in a theater with a crowd oh, reacting? Because yeah. it was such like a, you know, a huge, I don't know. I was It was a lot of, a lot of fist pumping, a lot of like <laughs> screaming. Uh, it, was, it was really fun. I also just really liked that this is another example of a very samurai inspired choreography and fight sequence absolutely yeah. and to your point it's it's like it's very much mirrors the the obi-wan and maul on tatooine and, and rebels um and and it's it's just this sort of stand against stance who's going to attack first and you know quick strikes and that's it and that is so samurai you know what i mean yeah. like it, it it's not as necessarily drawn out and so you can see that sort of refinement in in the in the fighting style of ahsoka and merrick but then you know sabine and, and shin they're you know they're still padawans yes and figuring out their very much their so. style yeah and you know it was really great to see sabine actually stronger with her blasters right off the bat uh it, you know she's just firing and getting getting the advantage on on shin yeah because that's her, her. She's that's her she's a mandalorian exactly um i also think it's a really cool callback to the difference between how Ahsoka fought as a Jedi versus how she mm-hmm. fights now because she was so acrobatic when she was younger and now she's much more meditative and it's really cool to see that mm-hmm. contrast there. It's because this moment, aside from the speed, uh, reminds me a lot of her fight with Maul in season seven of Clone Wars. It was oh, really yeah. cool. The like mm-hmm. standoff there in, oh, on Mandalore. So yeah. 
I mean, I just think Sabine should, if I, I learned anything, at least from uh, Jedi Survivor, it's that the blaster lightsaber combo is the way to go. I don't know why <laughs> she didn't start with that. You you use the blaster to close the distance. That's how Ezra then, started. Yeah, yeah exactly. It, like, I mean, yeah. it works for a reason. So just surprised she didn't go that route. I mean, it was, was a really cool fight, though. I got to say that, again, the choreography in this episode is incredible. So so good. Yeah. Uh, and then I just want to, before we, we go further here, uh, Morgan says the line, have faith. And I don't know about you, but I heard like a deeper version of that voice somewhere. It could have just been in the score. I don't know what it is, but it gave me very like Mother Night Towson sister. vibes, yeah. right? When she talks. Yeah. Oh, this uh, like that's. I think like that's one of the things that the new Rockstar video that 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 they that I posted. Uh, I think just yesterday. Yeah. Um, they talked about as well as just this bass. It sounded kind of right. I had to rewind her, it a few times. Thing. Yeah, so I, I feel like yeah, I think there's there's probably an uh, an emphasis there that's meant to kind of I- exaggerate that I love in, in a way. I love Maybe it. she's like a direct descendant of Mother Towson. Whoa, that's crazy. Whoa, but she doesn't have little horns like Darcy does. Uh, all right, back. Let's keep <laughs> the, going here. The Night Sisters didn't have horns. <laughs> oh, true, they didn't. They didn't. You're right. Okay. <laughs> Morgan heads back up to the eye to prepare for the jump uh, while Balin guards the map. Uh, Ahsoka slowly approaches him as he waits for her arrival. He says Anakin spoke highly of her and that everyone in the Order knew Anakin Skywalker, but that few lived to see what he became. He asks if that's why she walked away, abandoned him. He says he's there to secure a future for something far greater, that he's not going to be starting a war, but that Thrawn will, uh, and that one must destroy in order to create. They ignite their lightsabers and circle each other, taking different stances as they attempt to anticipate each other's next move. As uh, as the calculations are being completed back on the eye, they duel each other uh, as Ahsoka attempts to continuously grab the map. Uh, Once she finally does, it burns her hand and she lets out a painful scream. Back in the forest, Sabine and Shin are still squaring off and Sabine gets knocked to the ground and attempts to use the force. Uh, She does a little bit uh, and uh, she then opts to use her wrist darts instead, which causes Shin to drop her saber. uh, And then Shin throws a smoke bomb uh, and decides to run uh, away. So... Megan, this is the fight we've been waiting for. Uh, what did you think of this incredible battle between Ahsoka and Balin? Uh, and was that a small bit of force use from Sabine? I mean, she definitely did. The, why would Shin go poof? Yeah, and, she like, moved move back a little bit. Right? Her shoulder off yeah. to the side if mm, it wasn't. I, I think it was more. Of a I, flinch. I think. I think she flinched because she really? was anticipating. Yeah, it. but there yeah, was a sound effect. Yeah. There was a sound effect. That that sounded you know, like that, a woo. I I don't. I feel like I feel like it was. It didn't more... sound like the force used later on in the episode. That's all I was going to say. Just but I Eric. think y- yeah. when she when she moves, she turns back slowly and says, "Like you, you have, have no, no power." power. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because she's she was bracing for an attack that never came, and she's like, "Oh, why they brace? You have no power." Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. That's that's. Or it was like a shoulder brush, and she was like. Pfft. That's all you got? Yeah. Well, if in 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 Rebels in Trials of Darksaber where she's training with Kanan. Yeah. She does the same tactic. She puts her hand up and shoots her grappling hook around and he, you know, deflects it and calls her out for being a, a bit of a cheater, right? For trying to, you know, use a trick. And I thought yeah. this was just a lovely little callback to that and I think Kanan would be proud. But really at the end of the day, I'm thinking maybe she's not 
force sensitive. Like maybe, maybe the whole story with Sabine is that she's not meant to be a Jedi, right? Because yeah. this is called Fallen Jedi, and, and who's the Fallen Jedi? There are right? many. Exactly. There's many. Is it Balin? Is it Ahsoka? I mean, Ahsoka Sabine? fell. Literally. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Is oh. it is it Anakin? Like you know right. what I mean? Like there's there's a lot of fallen Jedi's in this and that's sort of what this episode is exploring is how each of these Jedi characters have fallen. Yes. Well, but then the other whole chunk that you just talked about, which is one of the coolest standoff fights that I've ever seen, the samurai Ahsoka and then the like medieval warrior that is Balin who just has these like big giant hands and like stiff intense movements oh my god it was so So cool his lightsaber is thicker than Ahsoka's like the blade of his lightsaber was thicker than Ahsoka's it was like a broadsword that he was just smashing down on her like yeah oh the weight behind each of his strikes was incredible such a good fight and it's you're absolutely right Meg, like it had a medieval quality to not just his stance, but like as Darcy's saying, the sword. It's just so massive, right? In those in those sort of Game of Thrones style, you know, when they have those huge, huge, huge swords. It's like it's, a claymore, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right? he was so very he was much he was given it. um what's the guy in Game of Thrones, Darcy, that I can't remember his name. Uh the big guy. The, ha- the mountain. The mountain. He was kind of given the mountain vibes. I will say, like, <laughs> his even to the point where his armor um, like I think this is the first time that I've kind of really gotten a good look at his armor, but I love that it's very much like the armor that the Jedi would have worn during the Clone Wars, which is when he may have left the Order. Um, and then I also really like that, like, yeah, it's kind of like a, he looks like a knight. He's so regal. He's so powerful. But he also seems to fight with respect. Um, and I'm just I'm I'm I watching this I, uh, for the second and then third time. I was like. Really, really stoked, but I was also like, I'm just really bummed out that Ray Stevenson won't get to see the mm. incredible response to this character. Um, yeah. He's just, he's absolutely incredible in this role. And seeing uh, seeing him sit there just with the robe on, I was just, it's so Qui-Gon. Um, and I just, oh man, he's just, it, it was just so, so cool. He's giving, yeah, he's he, he gave a fantastic performance uh, and I, I'm excited to see more of his character. Yeah. Uh, but this is yet another example of like, what, what is your past? I want to know more. <laughs> yeah. Like, geez, like I, his character is so interesting. Oh, and, and dude, to your point, tales from the Jedi, tales of the Jedi season two, oh, alien storyline. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. So there you go. I would, I'm, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. I'm in. And I think, <laughs> I, I think honestly, if you want to continue that story, that would be such a great way Through to animation. respect that character yeah. and, and yep. make him live on. And I think that that's, that's fantastic. So, um, but yeah, it, this is this is another a third, maybe even fourth lightsaber duel that we've gotten in a forty-minute episode. It's so good, uh, and it's so well choreographed. It's mm-hmm. so well choreographed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful, and another epic conversation. But oh, it yeah. works this time. Mm. Yes. Yes, because yes. it's wizard against she wizard. She found the right partner to, <laughs> yeah, exactly. to wizard off against. It's <laughs> yes, it works. exactly. Well, you think about the Jedi Council. Right, you know they when they're sitting around yeah, debating, the, yeah, oh, yeah. and like Mace Windu and, and all of them are just like, and then they would, mm, why <laughs> <words>? yes, <laughs> uh, Mace Windu would drop some knowledge. Mm, 
Very true, yeah. Mace. <laughs> right? So I, I, I get I get what Filoni's uh Mace Windu's doing. like, these motherfucking Sith. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um but yeah, no, I I, I get it. I again I think that really works, especially calling out the the regal medieval style that that is uh Balin. Uh the different sounds of their sabers. They were Ooh. they were humming the, you know, in, in these two so tones that were yeah. so different and so cool. And at one point Ahsoka, Harmonize. It did sort they of sound like they too. harmonized. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, yeah. I love how Ahsoka at one point is holding her saber with one saber with two hands in a way that looks almost like it's like heavier, like very samurai pose. Uh, and I also want to shout out, and I mentioned this while we were watching Megan. I was like, I was like, I turned to Megan. I'm like, Rosario Dawson's face. And I just that's I think that's all I said <laughs> in this fight. It, she just looks so badass the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. she gets to use some of her own skills uh, in this fight. And I just it's. Uh, I'm just I, I want to watch this scene again and again and over again. and over. I so. know, and they're both so patient with each other through the whole thing. There's no like, ah, there's yeah. respect there. Yeah, there's yeah. respect in the way that they're fighting. You said it. Like, yeah, yeah. It's, there's there's you can see it in in the way that it's it's all going down. Yes, and and then uh, sorry, just, just one last thing here though. The 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 way that the that Ahsoka um, had to like push off against the rock behind her. To be able to get like to push, she angled her Bailey. legs. Yeah, she puts her like, leg up on the rock so she could get so, a little more space. It's so yeah. cool and like just he, he. And then the moment he uses his brute strength to just push her down, I'm just like, <laughs> and then her save. Ah, oh. okay, sorry. I mean, I just it's so good. You literally just looped around just to gush. More I just need it. to talk more about it. Um, okay, the calculations are now incomplete because the map was taken out. Uh, we see a now injured Ahsoka holding off Balin's attacks. Uh, Shin gets back uh, as Balin commands her to get the map. Ahsoka force throws Shin into a rock, uh, and Sabine Oof. grabs the map and holds it at gunpoint. Balin, with one final swing knocks Ahsoka over the cliff as Sabine screams, no, very, you know, very Luke. Um, Simba. Simba. Yeah, all them. <laughs> um, Balin uses the force to sense Sabine's fears. Uh, fears that like Ezra Bridger is the only family she has left. It's what's holding her back and that her family died on Mandalore because her master didn't trust her. He reminds her of their common goal to make the journey to Peridia. He promises no harm will come to her if she joins them uh, and that it's the only way. She longingly looks at the map before handing it over to Balin, and once she does, Shin begins to force choke her. Balin commands Shin to, to release her, which Shin does, but begrudgingly, uh, and Balin activates the map once more, allowing them to complete the calculations for the hyperspace route. Okay, so two things here. One... What did you think about finally, finally getting a bit more information on what happened to Sabine's family? Uh, and what do you think of the decision to hand Balin the star map? Well, I definitely think that, I mean, it's not a surprise that Sabine's family died. They're a Mandalorian. They're a very prominent, mm-hmm. high family in that culture. When Mandalore fell, they were obviously falling with it. What I think probably happened was that Sabine was training with Ahsoka and Ahsoka didn't let her return because mm. they, they were, she, weren't ready, she wasn't ready to face that type of fight. It was maybe trying to protect her. I don't know. And I feel like maybe that's where that first falling out came from. So again, hopefully we get to see a bit of that because I'd love to. And I think it's really neat that we're going to be, that that could be where that original fracture came between the two of them because mm. we see how much family means to Sabine. And that's why Ezra is so important to her now, even, you know, 
compounds more on top of that. Now, you said that as soon as she drops the map, Shin starts force choking her. That's not the case, my friend. Mm. I feel like this is maybe just me justifying uh, why she gave it over because I really hate that idea. I think Balin was kind of forced, like almost using yes. the, the Jedi mind trick on yes. her. Yes, really? Coercing her. Well, yes, because as soon as she drops it, the fact that like, the, the startled and alarmed look on her face, like, what have I done? Was not is not the look of someone who and then who she went into choking mode. I saw it too. And then Darcy. she choked after yeah, that. I saw okay, that. so and if that's the case, I hope we get that explained because then that makes her handing it over much better. But again, that it goes against what she said earlier in the episode. So I'm really hoping that that was just the, the coercion coming from Balin and not her just completely forgetting her promise. Like, yeah, because <laughs> he he dials right in. Like he right stops. Into her. He closes his eyes. There's a pause, and he's he brings up Ezra Bridger right away he knows everything instantly and i i i think it goes to show the strength that balin has to wield the force and yeah i think when she hands over the map there's this sense of like oh my god what did i just do and then she goes into choking mode um i i I did see that as well but i also think again like leaning back into what i was talking about before she might not be a jedi do you know what i mean like she she very well might not be a jedi and i'm wondering if Again, that might be the lesson that, you know, to, to Sabine's character in, in a way of, of letting go, you know, to, to let go of that and to, to kind of go back to a sense of her, her own understanding of, of who she is rather than who she wants to be. So embracing her Mandalorian heritage yet again uh, and abandoning this idea of being a Jedi. You know, even when Kanan was training her in Rebels, it was more about training her to be a leader and to wield the Darksaber, not to be you know mm-hmm. overly force sensitive it he, she he always said he senses the force in her she just has to to open up but i think that there's something interesting in in sabine kind of coming to this realization that she is no jedi and that she has no power uh to be that but she has power as a mandalorian and i think that could really matter well i think the 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 other interesting aspect about this too is the fact that because I remember when we were watching um, The Mandalorian and, and we see all these Mandalorians getting together and, and especially in the finale of season three. And it's like, well, where where is House Ren? Because that would be a pretty prominent house. And so I, uh, this is a nice way to explain, well, not a nice way, but a sad way to explain what happened, that their death would have probably been during the Night of a Thousand Tears, I guess, uh, when Moff Gideon would have bombed Mandalore. Um, and I think it's it's just again it for me though i might be going a bit against what you guys are saying on that because i, I think balin was absolutely right i think there is no like if, to, to sabine at least there is no other way to get to ezra i don't blame sabine i honestly i again i think if she shot the star map it wouldn't have destroyed it if she shot at balin he would have deflected it because he was deflecting like all her all her blaster shots um and so like as dumb as it is to trust the people who literally stabbed you in the stomach, uh, I just I don't see how she could have done anything differently. And I also, you know, we we were we're kind of talking a little bit about how the it does sort of feel like dark side stuff is sprinkled in and throughout the combat uh, in this episode. And I I gotta say, I mean, as much as I love Sabine, the, you know, we've seen characters get tempted to the dark side before, uh, and just like. Anakin Skywalker, they've they've succumbed to it. So I'm wondering if we're st- sort of seeing maybe a little bit of that selfishness in Sabine, uh, you know, a selfishness out of a reason to find 
her family member Ezra, but I'm wondering if that's kind of where we're, where we're getting to. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Sure, but, he, but I just don't know. The I'm wondering if it's more on her though than it is on on mm. him. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, that guy was yeah. way too in tune with the force to just that just be like, okay, you know, you're you're making a lot of sense. I agree with you. That just very big. <laughs> I'd agree there. with him. <laughs> it's like again, again, it's just like what is your past? Like, why are you so strong with the force? Do I mean like, again, it's just another instance where I'm like, I want to know more about where you've come from and why you're just so dialed in. Right. Like, if if Justin ever gets the chance to actually talk to Dave Filoni, that's all he's gonna say. What is Dave's past? <laughs> Go ahead, Megan. Sorry. Well, no, I just want to bring it back to Ahsoka in this moment where she sees Shin and her automatic response is, "You've done something to Sabine because why isn't she the one coming out, not you?" Dark side. And the dark side in her, the passion, the emotion comes out, and she's like, "Bitch!" Slams her against a rock. rock, dude. It's crazy. Nuts. I mean, that reaction seemed weird to me too because the way Shin enters that that circle is not the way that someone who won a fight would enter. Yeah, you know, but I think, I think the idea is that Ahsoka, you she know, doesn't care in that in moment. that moment. She didn't see Sabine. She saw Shin, and and she's thinking there's only one outcome because she got this, pissed. She's like, this kid sucks. Like she can't. Who Yang says she sucks at lightsabers. So, <laughs> <laughs> but see, so like again, this in that moment is the second instance where we see Ahsoka really kind of give into the dark side, right? And then I think in a lot of ways seeing Sabine succumb and and give give the map and and fall to the temptation of what what Balin is giving her she is too is falling into the dark side in in a different way and it it is rooted in personal uh personal emotion and personal connection it always and is I, it always is it always is that's why it you can't is. have but personal that's... connections justin no of course and you can't be a ju- <laughs> right, yoda, yoda himself said they were doing things wrong <laughs> i know that's all i'm going to say oh, 100%. no i know 100% no but i <laughs> But at the end of the day, I, I think that again, it goes back to that that sort of that idea, that conflict, right? That that can you make the right decision when the person that you care about is also involved in the, making that right decision? And I think that that's that's sort of the, the, the one of the sort of I guess overarching things within Star Wars is there's always that that conflict as you're pointing out, Nate. Yeah. And just how characters have to sort of resolve. Ezra had his own bouts of it in rebels right and and you 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 see that quite a bit um so i think it's the journey of the jedi and and the journey of of those of 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 the star wars universe (laughs) of the star wars uh (laughs) hu yang manages to reach communications with hera and her rebel squadron balin destroys the map uh, and then shin sabine and him get back to the eye pretty quickly uh, with the ship at full power and the calculations complete, they engage the hyperdrive with Hera and the squadron in their path. The eye makes the jump, causing the deaths of most of the X-Wing crew. But Carson, Hera, Jason, and Chopper survive, thank goodness. But Jason turns to his mom and says, I've got a bad feeling. He doesn't finish the sentence, which is about this, but he says, I've got a bad feeling. Uh, so thank goodness Hera, Chopper, Jason... Uh, and Carson Tiva all survived. But were you at all worried that they'd get haldoed? Um, because, like, I was sitting there, and I remember, Megan, when Jason turns to his, his mom, I was like, is he going to have, like, a piece of shrapnel? Like, it, mom. And then he's like, he pauses for a long time, and I was like, is he going to die? What, what, did you, what did you think about this moment, Megan? I mean, I definitely now, obviously, having seen the episode a couple more times, there's no way that would have happened because it's just static, right? And it, like, threw 
other ships off course, which made them crash into Thank each goodness other, they were, but... like, in the perfect area of the circle. <laughs> yes, yeah. for sure. Not in the middle. And then we get, you know, like you said, what happens in episode... What episode is that? The best one. Episode eight. The best yeah. one. Eight. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um, but I I did have a little moment where I thought when Jason said, Mom, yeah. I uh, I was like, is he just like split open in the middle or oh. something? Oh. Uh, and, then just, oh my God. and then he turns he into a green mist. Apart. Just, oh, my God. That would have been like, horrible. Horrible. Yeah. Horrible. And they wouldn't do that. It's still Disney. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't think he has any sort of like special connection yet. Or he's not quite tapped into that like force. I think he is. Yeah. I think yeah. he is. I think that's I think that's the I think him saying that is while it's it's, you know, a little juvenile and a kid, it's just sort of that <laughs> hint of he recognizes that that something isn't right now. And, I mean, and I feel I like anybody who watched this big giant circle disappear <laughs> and all this Probably static would be like, feeling. I have a pretty bad feeling about what just happened. <laughs> I guess, but I, I feel like I feel like this is the wink and nod to the audience that yes, Jason does have some sort of force sensitivity and as general and as as even heavy-handed as that line might be i have a bad feeling about this it's still poignant and it hints at the idea that you know he's got some force sensitivity well i especially with the way that that ship like the way that this static or whatever happened as they passed through and then what they left behind them that ship was ripping a hole in the fabric of space and time the force is not going to be the same after that so yeah like the fact that it happened so quickly, I feel like it is more him just being like, he just, maybe he doesn't know how attuned he is to it, but anyone who does have that connection to some extent would be like, something happened and it's not good. Like it's like a thousand voices all screaming out in, at once type thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. When big things happen in the universe, people will feel it. And I, the, right. his reaction so quick makes me think that it is that forced sense of connection. So I, I love the visual effect of, of, when they travel through yeah, just that weird like wispy blue that's just well like, it's, it felt like a wave out. it was yeah. a wave oh, yeah. right like it looked like a wave like a ripple mm-hmm. like they got caught in in a ripple that blasted them and i knew that that at least some of them were not going to make dude, it dude i was like, oh, yeah. on edge i'm like if this is how carson tiva goes out i will be really <laughs> no upset. way man so they wouldn't upset. they wouldn't have done that but like you had four other x-wing you know, fighters, I think maybe even five. Is it five or four? There's five X-Wings around yeah. the ghost. Yeah, so there, five. Yeah. So there was f- like, you know, not all of them were going to make it out, but the important ones were. Sure. Dogs. One of them, one <laughs> of them I think, was so. played by, I saw was played by one of the guys that actually does the body work for the Mandalorian, like the body work. He's, he plays the Mandalorian, essentially. He just doesn't do the voice. Oh, cool. Uh, which was really cool. Work? He's also the son of, <laughs> he does a lot of body work. Uh, he does, he's also the grandson of, um, who's that cowboy? John Wayne. He's the grandson of John Wayne, which is so cool. That's crazy. Um, so, but I, I think he might be dead. Um, Who's that cowboy? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, th- you know, Carson Tiva, I'm happy he's alive. I'm happy he got to say the line, lock S-foils in attack position. Like, if you're a Star Wars fan and you've grown up as a Star Wars fan and you get to say lock S-foils in attack position, he's peaked. That's it. That's his whole life. He's, I mean, he's reached the top. He's sitting in an X-Wing cockpit. It's the coolest I don't thing. care what he says. He's already won. <laughs> it's the coolest like... thing. So cool. Anyways, uh, let's keep going here. Hu Yang finally completes his repairs on the ship, but receives no response when attempting to reach Ahsoka. Okay. All right. Okay. 
the camera slowly floats over the water that she fell into. Uh, but then we see it sort of transition and we see she's lying on her back, like flat on the ground on some sort of blue energy bridge. She slowly stands up surrounded by similar light bridges and stars all around her. Uh, and while she's sort of taking everything in, she hears, hello, Snips. She responds by saying, master. And then here's the voice respond with, I didn't expect to see you so soon. She slowly turns around to reveal Anakin Skywalker standing right behind her. Oh, Anakin. We were all screaming here. I'm sure my neighbors were like, what happened in that house? Uh, it's it's Anakin. Uh, and I think it's the coolest thing is it's Anakin as Ahsoka would have last seen him in Rebels season seven, right? Very much in the in the same Clone sort of, Wars. Uh, sorry, in Clone Wars season seven, right? Rebel season seven is not yet hasn't happened. Not yet. a thing. <laughs> uh, but in Clone Wars season seven, and I think I think it's awesome. But I will just ask all three of you with the ominous Vader scene or Vader theme uh, at the end of this scene. Justin, is this really Anakin? Is it a Force ghost, or is it someone or something else? Well, you know, at, at the time of when we're recording this, this is Thursday. Two days have passed since uh, since the episode has aired. And since then, a lot of people have posted videos and uh, theories about this. And uh, this theory is, is not new, but immediately after watching it, uh, I, I immediately thought, thought thought the same thing. And I, I don't think that this is Anakin Skywalker. I Ooh. think that this is this is actually the brother uh, of the uh, Amortis gods. The son. Uh, uh, the son. Sure. And I think that he is... Uh, he has an interact. He's had an interaction with Anakin. He knows who Ahsoka is because Ahsoka. He killed uh, Ahsoka adopted... at one point, didn't he? Almost. Yeah. He, he like, almost, almost did, did. But then the life force of his sister or the daughter is in Ahsoka. So I think, okay. in some ways, the sort of dark tendencies that we've seen from the dark side tendencies that we've seen from Ahsoka throughout the episode is what brought her to the world between worlds because this isn't this is a, a sort of a special place right as, as, as we know and we'll, we'll probably I think I'm hoping in next next week's episode we'll learn a little bit more about why and, and what her connection is to it but this isn't a place that you would see a force ghost uh, this isn't a place that you would see something that is sort of resurrected even though there's there it's it's sort of unclear right but again you know new rock stars has already posted this theory in their video along with much of what what we were talking about today and uh you know uh so same with people on, online tweeting about like this this can't be you know actual anakin and i think the, the biggest hint is obviously that little that little ominous vader theme at the end uh that kind of cuts to black that kind of makes you question can you trust anakin in this in this mm -hmm. place so I think I, I, my theory is, is that we'll still, you know, we'll, we'll get to predictions, I guess. Are we doing predictions? Let's just do predictions now. <laughs> um, I was going to say like the, how she gets to the world between worlds kind of bugs me. The, okay. It seems way too convenient. I, I hope that next episode, like you said, we do get an explanation as to why this, her connection allowed her to fall off a cliff and end up here like that. As far as we know, there needs to be a portal, and only these portals appear at certain points in time. So it's just like, mm. explain a bit more so I can I can get to rest how she mm -hmm. got there. I was thinking this is Anakin, and because you said I didn't expect to see you so soon, I'm wondering if this is like shortly after she's left the, the Jedi Order almost. Maybe something back then where, and this, the, the theme made me think that maybe it's Ahsoka who will, again, be falling to the dark side a bit more here and, and trying to 
maybe prevent the rise of Vader, prevent the the fall of her master. I don't know, oh, but like, see, I, if this is that. Anakin yeah. from the, this is, if this is Anakin from the past, and she's just like lost or like embraced the dark side a bit more after you know that whole Sabine thing, losing the map, ending up here or whatever. And what if, like, she has like I don't know. I'm just, I think it is Anakin, because like Justin said, you can't have a Force ghost here or anything like that. And I don't know if the sun would be able to access it being so in tune with the living force in the real world, whereas this is like outside the real world. I don't but know. But I feel like he's stronger in the outside real world, right? Like I feel like, but like he's he, very much trapped to his planet. Like, but is he like, trapped? Mm-hmm. Because I thought like they all, like if, if I think in the episode, they all kind of died, like, didn't he? They, they all died. Yeah. Right. Died. They all yeah. kind of, kind but of then if she lives, go into but if myth. the daughter lived on through Ahsoka or through the Morai owl or whatever, like, so yeah. then maybe, yeah, maybe there's some being, again, I think the interesting, like, I have no idea how the world between worlds works. The only yes. person in this whole world that knows is Dave <laughs> Filoni, okay? He has something in his mind that tells him how it works. But I, 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 I agree with you, Darcy, that I really, I really do want this. I, I love the idea of it being the sun. And we brought up the, the, the Mortis people quite a bit throughout this, this watch club. But I, I just feel like it, for me, Ahsoka and Anakin back together again is something that we've just we really 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 wanted and so like in in some instances where they won't give the fans what they want with a character like Maroc being whoever I feel like Anakin is too important to do a bait and switch there I don't know he he also calls her snips which I feel yes, which like Vader would never do yeah Vader would never do that he is he has killed Anakin and he's not close enough to Ahsoka at that point to call her snips. It's Anakin for sure. For sure. It's definitely Anakin. But again, like I it's it's not implausible to think that the brother who had an interaction, who who very much was was out to to bring uh Anakin into the fold of of of, of the Mortis family in, in a sense to kind of be the replacement. Right. Is, is Ahsoka the new chosen one and therefore his new target? Is that what you're Right, exactly. Okay. That's what I'm getting at. But not only that, it's just also the fact that like Again, the life force of his sister lives within Ahsoka, mm. right? He's and probably pretty. That might her. make her. Well, it might also make her more important. Interesting. Than than we really than we really think, right? So, I don't know. I think that there's just there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of. We'll we'll obviously find out more next week, but like I feel like if next week's episode is going to be anything, we'll, we're going to get this this sort of validation of as you said, Nate, seeing. Ahsoka and Anakin together but I think it's going to slowly unwind and I think it's going to feel very reminiscent and memorable and we'll see things and they'll they'll be very Anakin and and Ahsoka together but then it's going to be like well wait a minute right and then it's going to start to reveal and I don't know like um, Sam Witwer is credited for doing voice work but when he was asked about doing um, uh, anything on Ahsoka he says he can't say anything right about what he's doing right so if they do decide to bring in a a uh, live action version of the sun. It would be great to use him because he was the voice of the sun, right? And there are like again, new rock stars is great at just breaking down and finding all these little nuances. But his voice is in some of those magic moments that you hear whispers and ominous things, and it makes sense that the, it's all just kind of layered in. I think they're hinting at something very spiritual in Ahsoka's journey, if you will, in this in this episode. Intriguing. I mean, I have the pleasure of watching with two Star Wars fans who only have watched live action and have no mm-hmm. interest in going into animated stuff. And they were confused. 
And I feel like good. Anakin Skywalker is <laughs> uh, not good. I feel like, again, live, a lot of people are coming into this Ahsoka with not knowing anything about the character. And if you're going as deep as that, there needs to be a solid explanation in this Next show. Next episode. I, it, yes. It, if, it, it, like, if it is going that route, it has to be done. Mm, because yeah. just trying to explain what the world between worlds is to my, my mom and my brother, they were just like, okay, what does that mean, though? Like, how? why would I care about that? And it's just... Like a lot, I think a lot of co- a lot of average fans will probably have the same idea. Is like again going too far? Throwing time travel into Star Wars was a stretch in animation, and I feel like it might be a stretch in live action too. Unless unless they tell us everything we need to know in this show, because again, my mom and Kelly are confused, but they still have no inkling of interest to go and watch these live these these animated shows. That's just yeah. not what they not not their cup of tea and I feel like a lot of people might have the same reaction. So No, for sure. This this I totally agree with you, Darcy. This this show It's going too much it's giving too much to the animated fans and as much as I am an animated fan, I also want to enjoy this with my family. Sure. And we're having to explain everything that I, is happening, why I'm getting excited every little moment. So but I think they will. I think they will. They have to because if they don't, right, then they are going to be leaving out. A huge, alien, they'll be huge, alienating, alienating a that. Of, and I think those episodes that happened in animated will only service to kind of inform what 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 I think the general audience is going mm-hmm. to find out. Um, so I, I don't I don't think that they're going to abandon and just say, oh, you have to have seen it. Yeah. I just think though that the using Anakin as this gateway, as this bridge to help explain what the world between worlds is, is actually smart because That's you're why grounding it. Has to be in... Anakin. It can't be the sun. Cause if you go to that there, you're throwing way too much, way too fast at all these average fans. Sure. That, so then, so, so <laughs> if they go, if they go down that route of, of making it Anakin, who I still think could be the sun, I'm, I'm still going to say <laughs> that, but I, I, but I think that it, it may not necessarily matter at this point, mm. right? It may not be something that we, that, you know, does reveal itself next episode but next episode i think we'll get more clarity of what it is in a sort of an understanding of uh for for general audiences and it'll be through the sort of journey of looking at ahsoka and anakin their relationship their past their present and maybe their future uh and and the idea of time travel what's crazy is that you know, Filoni's gone on the gone on the record of saying that he doesn't really see it as a place of time travel, but obviously that kind That's of throws what it things. Is. <laughs> but that it does. No, you're absolutely right. Like it does. It does kind of him saying that, and the fact that Ezra saved her from a different, you know, saved Ahsoka from a different time, a it's different just, time period. Like <laughs> it's it's pretty much time travel. So there needs to be a better definition to it. Yes. But I, I don't want to discredit the fact that the 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 the, the Mortis gods were the gateway to the world beyond world. So they are going to matter. It's just a matter of, to your point, how much will they actually fit that mm-hmm. into this story? I guess, I think my biggest thing is that I feel like the the scene with the world between worlds was unnecessary in this episode. You could have ended with Hu Yang reaching out, getting no contact, and as it fades to black, you could just use hello snips and end on that. With the That would be the, is she dead? Is she talking to Anakin as a force ghost? Where did she go? The, that speculation to me is a bit more meaningful to the fact then oh she is there is this a real anakin that could have been unpacked in one episode on its own as opposed to giving us a week to to sit and stew on it i don't know it just it felt i didn't enjoy the way that we got to the world between worlds it felt very just out of the blue here you go type thing sure but then i'll also give you to the people who don't know animation and you hear hello snips 
what's that going to mean to them? Well, I mean, if like, it's Hayden Christensen, you'd know it's Hayden Christensen. Yeah, so. yeah, that's true. Well, I, th- I think it's important that we saw him because just to give the general audience an intrigue to continue watching the show. I also think it was a really great like mic drop moment of it being Anakin and also as an animated fan seeing the snips in Ahsoka again her like joy and excitement to see her master was like it made me cry like I literally teared up and then they fell out of my eyeballs because (laughs) it was so cool to see that side of her in live action she's always been this stoic character who is seen some shit and like been through it so she's she's got a wall up and she has this mask on and to see that removed for a little bit was a really really cool moment so i'm Mm -hmm. okay with it (laughs) well and i think it's funny too because we knew he would be in the show because it was all over imdb unfortunately (laughs) um but but i will say like that didn't matter in that moment like i was still shook I was still like just taken aback. I got chills watching it even for a third time. Uh, I do think the de aging looked a little bit off, but I mean, it that could be that could be purposeful, right? If it is a force ghost situation, it could be purposeful if it's like a projection of some sort, or if it isn't Anakin. Um, but I, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, normally, we would jump into predictions here, but I feel like we kind of all made a bunch of predictions. Does anyone have? Any predictions that they do want to just shout out before we move on? Well, I'm just going to put it out there. I think if I haven't already said it, but like I do think we'll get those those flashback memories and, and just something that allows, you know, Hayden Christensen as Anakin and Rosario Dawson as, as Ahsoka in live action to reconnect as characters and, and remind us that the animated stories are important uh, and that they do serve to inform the story. Um, and I think that if anything, to see that moment might be more enticing for people who haven't seen animation to go now watch the animated stories. Uh, I guess we are assuming, obviously, it is the world between between worlds, but I guess the one theory is maybe it's not. Maybe mm. it's something new, right? Uh, and it's familiar, you know what I mean? And it's it looks it looks like it could be that uh, something that is because a lot of people, I think, even new rock stars called out. It's more blue than it is white in, in, in Rebels, right? Uh, you know what I mean? So who, I think it's a live action Animation, live action. For yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. But but again, it's just this idea, though, like, uh, if if could it be something else, right? Uh, yeah. Especially anyways. because yeah. The World Between Worlds was accessed following the white Loth... Loth-, 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 Loth- yeah. For, for Ezra, yeah, but it seems to me that she accesses it by dying. <laughs> <laughs> she got pulled into it by Ezra. She didn't access it that time. He pulled right. her in. Pulled she, her in, yeah, on Malachor. Yeah. And I think, it, again, the temple, it was in the center of the temple. Maybe the so, owl flew by, grew really big, and caught her, and then flew her away. <laughs> I think that could have happened. Like an eagle situation Show in Lord me. of the Rings! Just it's all me. connected. <laughs> but, all this, but no, but it's to your point, this, this could be her Gandalf moment. Yeah. Like we right. see Gandalf fall into the flames and then he comes yeah. back a white wizard. This could this be the story of how Ahsoka falls and comes back as, you know, Jedi the White. But she's already know. too white wizardy. Ahsoka the White Wizard. Well, <laughs> yeah. They took away the whole mystery of if she's alive or dead. Because, I mean, that we, we didn't know Gandalf lived after he fell. It took a while sure. for him to come back. I this guess. The immediate I guess. thing is just there's no, to me, there's no resonating payoff to that. It's, it's, it was just, again, Felt out of nowhere to me. <laughs> oh, I got so much of a payoff. But let's get into our overall thoughts and final score uh, for this episode, which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five fallen Jedi. 
Darcy, why don't you kick us off with your uh, final thoughts and rating? Yeah. No, I know I sound like I've been very negative about this episode. I just was trying to find... Like, I, I was just being very honest with what I didn't like about it. And it was very much that ending for for me. It felt very... It rushed and, and unearned. Like, I didn't... Mm-hmm. We didn't earn that. It, there was no building towards it. It just happened. And as, again, as a fan for animation, I would love to see her kind of peel back the layers and get there on her own, as opposed to just dying and appearing there type thing. That's, Mm -hmm. I guess, where I'm coming from. But again, the choreography in this episode is incredible. Everything from Balin is just so memorable. He will go down as one of the greatest Star Wars villains of all time, just because his delivery, his performance is so good. Uh, even, Even Ahsoka was starting to come around again. Those fight scenes for her, and even her running through the trees looked better this time than when she was running down the side of that. You, she was running ship, from yeah. the back. Exactly. You could see her running. And, <laughs> and just the weaving and stuff. Okay, yeah. maybe she, it makes sense she's going slow. She's avoiding all the trees. I like there you it. Go. So again, I really enjoyed this episode. The ending to me just brought, brought it down from that five out of five it could be. That Anakin Skywalker reveal did not have the same impact because I was so bummed out about how he got it. So I'll be giving this one 4.5 out of 5 Fallen Jedi. Again, this show is incredibly consistent for me in its scoring. <laughs> there you go. Absolutely. And I mean, half of that Jedi exploded and turned into green mist. But Megan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> how many Fallen Jedi are you giving this episode? Well, it's so funny that the ending for Darcy is what did him in for half a point. But that's what got it to a 5 for me. <laughs> I mean, um to me, this is like finally the episode I've been waiting for. This is what I wanted this show to be. I wanted it to be epic and exciting and also still and impatient. And we got all of that in this episode, starting from a calm, secluded setting, but jumping immediately into action like five seconds in was crazy. We got the episode four that we needed. This was a perfect halfway point. This is that we had a a cliffhanger. We had epic moments. Finally, we're going to see where Thrawn is. Um, mm-hmm. Beautiful visuals as always. An incredible soundtrack as always. An unbelievable fight choreography that I haven't seen in a live action anything Star Wars in a while because all we've gotten is Mandalorian, and as great as that is, it's also lacking. So it's great to have those epic, epic Jedi uh, lightsaber fights. Um, Dave Filoni did what he does best. We all bow down to (laughs) the king of Star Wars now. He showed us what he's made of, and my faith in this show has been restored. I'm finally watching the Ahsoka series, so I will be giving this a five out of five fallen Jedi. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Definitely feels like, you know, I saw a lot of people tweeting like, oh, Star Wars is back. And like Star Wars <laughs> has been Star Wars has been here for me through, it's been through here. Boba yeah. Fett, through everything. But for for certain people, uh, it's exciting to see that that this is really working for them. Justin, how about yourself? Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, this episode is is a masterpiece of of live action Star Wars television and and really does celebrate the essence of the franchise. And that has everything, like literally everything to do with what happened before the cliffhanger ending. Uh, mm-hmm. The cliffhanger ending is just a nice little caveat. Uh, and, and in my opinion, um, it's it's fan service for fan service to get the this, this story moving. Um, everything leading up to that point 
you know, the balance between character driven drama and epic action is just next level. You know, it's weaving a, a compelling narrative that keeps you engaged from start to finish, both in the characters and in the larger story with plenty of lightsaber duels, character revelations along the way. Um, the, the pacing of this episode was spot on. We had four different lightsaber duels in in a 40 minute episode and it and it really didn't feel like it was rushed it it didn't feel slow it didn't it feel was, like that was all that there was as well exactly it yeah. didn't feel like that that was entirely what this episode was made up of it it had the right beats of emotion and and you know uh, just character driven um again revelations that really do help move the story along in in a, in a lot of ways um i think this is a huge testament though to Obviously, the creative talents behind this series from the acting from from Rosario to uh, Natasha to Ray, uh, you know, the, just just giving incredible performances. Um, but this this show's ability or this episode's ability to deliver gripping, visually stunning and emotionally resonating moments in an episodic format, in a format that isn't you know bound to a movie a two-hour movie experience this is a 40-minute television episode and it was amazing it's like game of thrones level um you know it, it still has the movie magic with really nice glossy visual effects and an incredible score from kevin kiner like the way he weaves the like sabine's theme or ahsoka's theme or just the themes from or like vader's, vader's theme, theme into yeah. this at the end it's just it's so well done. So this this was a perfect, perfect episode. And that has nothing to do with Anakin Skywalker showing up at the end. That is a great cliffhanger for this episode. It takes us to the next level. And like what we were saying before, maybe it's not the world between worlds. It probably is. But who knows, right? If 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 this is meant to be a force ghost, maybe Anakin is reaching out. And Again, next week's episode is definitely up for it. So while I appreciated seeing Anakin, it definitely isn't the reason why this episode is perfect. And I, I do think that the, the the service for the fans and for those who really wanted to see this from an animation, like Darcy was saying, it's it is for them as well. Um, there's also for all these other uh, Star Wars fans who who were fans of the Clone Wars and 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 the prequels, uh, so it, it it does do the trick. So I think next week's episode is going to have huge turnout, and people are going to be watching at six p.m. Pacific time, nine p.m. Eastern time because they'll want to see what is going to happen next. So they did a great job with that. So yeah, five out of five, Fallen Jedi's. Uh, but yeah, it's it's perfect Star Wars television. It's it's Star Warsing more than any other Star Wars thing has ever Star Wars. It's it's wow. It's great. There's the tweet. And, yeah, and Filoni <laughs> Filoni is just he's just writing he's just writing pure fire. He's really getting to tell a story that he wants to tell and it, you can see it and Peter Ramsey, dude, the guy is he's directed two of the best episodes in in uh, in uh uh Star Wars television in my opinion. Mandalorian season 3 episode 5 if I'm not mistaken. And here, episode four of Ahsoka. Perfect choreography, just a sense and understanding, stylish. It's it's great. So yeah, for five out of five. Very cool. Yeah, the Justin, there there isn't a world between worlds where I do not give this episode a solid five out of five fallen Jedi. Uh Peter Ramsey, yeah. Not only co-directed, you know, into the Spider-Verse, but also the Mandalorian, the Pirate Season 3. 
Uh, and now for me, what I think personally for me was the best Star Wars we've gotten since Rebels. Uh, and I'm, I'm so happy with the fact that we're only four episodes in. Uh, and we've now seen everything except for Thrawn uh, that we've seen in the trailers, which means everything from now on is new. Uh, and I said last week that I was ready to get going. And, and while this episode didn't get us off CTOS until the end, what it delivered was so powerful and just shows again how well Filoni knows what Star Wars fans want. Uh, the saber battles, the seeing a new Phoenix squadron in a way. Uh, the fact that this episode felt so much like a calling back to The Empire Strikes Back, where our heroes are left at a loss, was just beautiful. Uh, and I think... Yeah, Anakin Skywalker saying hello snips to Ahsoka in live action in the world between worlds. I, I, you know what? I'm, I'm so happy with it. I was cheering. I was pumping my fist on the edge of my seat the entire time. Uh, the pace, the performances, the score, and the overall production of this episode was perfect. Um, so I have, I have no idea how they plan to keep the pace after an episode like this, but I'm so excited to see if they can. Um, so absolutely 100% this episode is getting five out of five fallen Jedi. And I know we've in the past always said like, oh, it, it, you know, we'll give it this score, but it really does depend on how the next episode lands if it's, if it's actually a five out of five, regardless of ne if next week's episode is a flop, which it probably won't be. But if it is a flop, I think this episode is still deserving of a five 100%. out of five yeah. because of how it handles so much of action, the visuals, the the story, the characters. It's just so it's so well done. It could have been a movie that you know th with that pacing and that tone that could have just kept going. But yeah, this is a solid five out of five. You're right, man. I'm ready for that movie. Uh, but that is it. This uh, That's it for this week's Watch Club for Ahsoka Part 4. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts, if you haven't already. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or your predictions on the shows we cover in Watch Club, well, let me just get Hu Yang to fix our comms finally uh, so that Justin can finally let you know how to reach us. Well, they can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on the app formerly known as Twitter at GeekCentricYT or on Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric and on threads at WeAreGeekCentric. Also, join our Discord. It's popping off right now. Uh, you can keep up with us about this watch club and share your theories with us directly. Uh, you can join by using the link in our description. Keep in mind, we have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest uh, summer releases out now, including our recent spoiler-free uh, reviews for I Am Groot Season 2, uh, Star Wars Ahsoka Episodes 1 and 2, Only Murders in the Building Season 3, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem, Haunted Mansion, and Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer. Plus, we have a ton of great interviews that you can go back and watch with all sorts of Star Wars folks, including the cast of Andor, uh, Katie Sackhoff, who plays Bo-Katan in, in The Mandalorian, directors Rick Famuyiwa and Deborah Chow, and of course... Hayden Christensen, Anakin Skywalker himself. Uh, you can check those out here on your podcast service of choice or over on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. I'm back on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Games. You can come over, hang out with me, talk about all this stuff that we're talking about here. I'd love to talk about all your theories about Anakin and, and, and the Mortis children and all that stuff. Uh, I was recently playing Starfield. I got lost in the stars. Justin, I got arrested, believe it or not. Me, me, <laughs> arrested in space. Um, so definitely come through and uh, check that out. Uh, there's going to be a lot to talk about as the hot geek summer 
begins its its transition into the cozy geek fall. Uh, we've got some upcoming reviews, and our recap of Fan Expo 2023 is out now. Uh, we've also got some additional coverage and some really fun stuff out on our socials uh, that you can check out on uh, you know Instagram and TikTok. So definitely look for those. Megan, Darcy, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this Watch Club. And as we say, we, we are, are no, no Joe Jedi. Jedi.